0: Song where they stop everything to go, Whatever happened to Eddie Munster? I'm looking right at him! Because, you know, Guar, scum dogs of the universe, baby! There's uh, actually a Guar documentary on Shudder. I heard about that. Yeah, I've, I haven't watched it yet. I really want to, but Guar's one of those bands that, like, I'll listen to every once in a while, but it's never like, oh man, I really need to listen to Guar right now.
1: No, the only thing about Guar that I. Wanted to do is I've always wanted to go see him. I never had.
0: <coughs> no, and I don't want to anymore now that Dave Brocky's passed. Right. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace, Dave Moment Brockie. All right, James. Yes. I, I, I enjoy our usual banter at the beginnings of these, but I feel like we have a almost insurmountable task in front of us. Ah, uh, yeah. Shall we uh, kick it in the ass? Let's kick this in the ass. Thank Are you ready? Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. You I was are just
1: so fucking ready,
0: just to go into it like Get, a like a real professional. I sound like an accountant. Don't
1: throw me like that. I'm not used to just jumping.
0: Right uh, in. Well, all right, hey everybody, welcome to. Is that better? Much better. All right, hey everybody, welcome to horror movie. we talk talking about horror movies, so you don't have to. My hey. name is Chris Fife, and I am one of your hosts. And
1: I am James Marino, and I'm the other one of your hosts.
0: Man, real action start.
1: Yeah, you really put the hoe in house too.
0: Yeah. Because I'm i a hoe. Mm-hmm. Man, I was watching, I think it was the 1999 WrestleMania. Oh, it geez. might have been the 2000. When uh, the Godfather, Do you remember the pimp character of the Godfather? Vaguely, yeah. With the hoe train. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Just watching that and going, oh no, I oh, forgot that existed. <laughs> oh my. All right. Anyway, as promised from last week, we are talking about 2018's The House That... Jack built. Oh boy. Uh, written by Jen Lee Helland and Lars von Trier. Directed by Lars von Trier. Yes, that Lars von Trier that mm-hmm. called uh, Willem Dafoe's penis confusingly large, and, and had to get a step di- or a <laughs> st- step dick, <laughs> a, a stunt dick, <laughs> indeed, for Antichrist. And he was
1: also responsible for the god awful fucking dancer in the goddamn dark.
0: Yeah, and Melancholia. And Nymphomaniac, Volume 1 and 2. Oh, Jesus,
1: I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, is that Lars von mm. Trier. The guy who uh, got banned from Con, or Cannes Film Festival oh, for yeah. making a joke about himself being a Nazi, which, if you read even the transcript, like it, it was clearly a bad joke. Yes. It, but he is very much just a shit-stirrer, I guess, for lack of a better term. hmm We'll get into that.
1: Yeah, because some of this movie is... I swear
0: backlash yeah, to some shit that was said about him. Yeah, it's some real Lars von Trier shit. <laughs> well, it was also,
1: remember, that was our, what was, what was that movie, the one where the Christmas tree jabbed them, stabbed them at the end?
0: Christmas tree? Not street. Christmas, the
1: sculpture. Got jabbed with the sculpture, that fucking cool-ass movie. Argento or whatever.
0: Oh, Tenebrae? Tenebrae.
1: That was in response to a lot of things, and that struck, that same chord struck me. Yeah. I was watching this movie.
0: Yeah, because uh, I said it out loud and went, fucking really, man? But, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll get into it. Yep. Uh, starring Matt Dillon as mm-hmm. Jack and Bruno Gans as Verge. Those are basically the only two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also appearances by Uma Thurman, uh, Siobhan Fallon Hogan, uh, Sophie Grable, and Riley Kehoe. Mm -hmm.
1: Which one is the one, was the lady also in um, Men in Black played Edgar's wife? The second victim?
0: Oh, uh, Siobhan uh, Fallon Hogan. I fucking love her. Yes. She is the best. She's also the sheriff in that movie, The Shed. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, you you don't need to see it. Okay. I I doubt you have, and you don't need to. No, I haven't seen it, but... It's but I'd like to
1: see her do more shit, because everything I see her and I, I fucking like her in.
0: So, James, <clears throat> week after week after week after week after week, I ask you the question. So, what'd you think of the house that Jack built? Fuck me
1: running, buddy. Um, this, this, this movie, it was challenging. It, yep. It was an experience. It sure is. <laughs> um,
0: like or dislike? Mmm. I, I am dead in the middle. Yeah. I am, I want to say ambivalent, but I have strong feelings both ways for this movie, and I don't know where to land with it or really on anything of Lars von Trier's that I have seen.
1: Well, I, I can only compare it to the other Lars von Trier movie that I watched, which was The Answer They're Dark, and you know exactly how I feel about that. <gasps>
0: <coughs> and that actually, it's wonderful.
1: Oh, no, it was. But actually, I thought this movie was going to end like that movie. It didn't. Which was, I was thankful. But it was still fucked up.
0: So, I think this might be one of those that I, I do kind of want to synopsize up front. Uh, Matt Dillon, as Jack, is a serial killer. He gives us a... Five incidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, they pick five incidents at random in his uh, quest, uh, his bloodlust, yes. murder, rage, mm-hmm. um, kind of. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it takes us through basically five s- uh, murders and then some, and Oof. and some other shit. Oh yeah, all kinds of other shit. Where the fuck do you want to start on this here, James?
1: Okay, well I'll I'll start out with some positives. Um, the movie grabbed me just visually. I like the style that he shoots in.
0: Um, I'm going to agree, but put a real big addendum on that and say sometimes. Yeah. Because sometimes his, uh, I don't even say like segments, but portions of the way that he films things really looks like shit. Yes.
1: But I, I don't know if that's intentional or not.
0: But that's the thing is, I don't know if he was trying to say something with changing the camera styles in this, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't come through to me because the tone and events don't really change. It's just different filming styles. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, but some of them are, some shots that he puts together in this are absolutely breathtaking and disturbing.
1: And I think that maybe, the you know, I got to, as much as I dislike a lot of this movie, I'm thinking that I would, maybe if I had a bachelor's in in the fine arts and I, I mean, I read I read The Inferno you know, when I was,
0: what, 18 17? Okay, so we're gonna break the seal on this, right? Fuck yeah because I'm
1: sitting there trying to piece it together from my limited knowledge and I'm like, this shit isn't adding up Because I I sat there and I thought there was a a very distinct thing about the freezer and the ninth night of hell where you cry and your tears freeze out in your body and you're cold. And so, you know, I thought that's where it was going to go. It fucking didn't go there. And I'm like, why are you bringing the Virgil in with all this shit if I can't?
0: When none of the events of the film follow the events of right. the divine comedy whatsoever. Right, because I was looking for
1: lust, gluttony, uh, hate against your neighbor, hate against a thing, and, and, and none of it...
0: And it, it's not just us insinuating that it's taken from the divine comedy. Virgil is not only Virgil, obviously, yeah. but directly references the circles of hell. Yes, you're
1: up three we got to go up three circles. This is unusual. Um, they went through the river, technically, you know, the, the, to get to Hades they they followed, they followed the
0: story structure, and then they went to this fucked up stage simulation. I'm like, they followed the story structure in the last thirty minutes. Yeah, none of the events of the rest of the film mirror fucking and he was inferno whatsoever. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, unreliable narrator. What's going on? I at no time did I have any
0: tether in this movie. No, and that is. I I don't know if any of that's intentional to keep you untethered because yet none of the events really seem to make sense. Mm -hmm. His character changes drastically between incidents. And Mm -hmm. I understand that that's supposed to be attributed to crazed bloodlust and what have you, but they are so disconnected that it... It very much feels like a filmmaker thinking of five of the worst things that he could think of mm-hmm. and saying, what can we make out of this?
1: Well, and you know, when I'm sitting there watching the movie and I'm si- I'm really trying to pull themes out because I'm sure there's fucking themes in here. Right. The yeah. Only theme I could come up with having watched three quarters of it is, fuck, if you're a rich white guy, you can get away with the f- anything the fuck you want. Because I'm thinking about American Psycho, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking mm. about Man Bites Dog, all three movies are very, very similar. And I'm like, fuck, white guys get away with everything until they don't,
0: you know? While watching this, I fucking said out loud, this is if you took all of the cartoonish fun, and it sounds weird to say that cartoonish fun that was in american psycho Mm -hmm. if you took all of that out and made it fucking longer that's what this movie is okay it wasn't just me no okay it's it took all of the insanity that you could even chuckle at in american psycho any of the willem dafoe parts or him talking about huey lewis in the news while nailing prostitutes None of that was in here. It was all dark and just, it's a fucking bummer of a movie, yeah. and it ends on a real stupid note. But throughout all the middle of it, it does keep me very engaged for the most part.
1: Right. And but I think that's a question of the writing, too. I mean, the writing for American Psycho was fucking tight. Yes. And it had a point. It, mm-hmm. was, you know, it, was, it was directly lampooning things. It was directly saying things.
0: Right. You know? This and movie doesn't directly fucking say anything. And I'm thinking also that they're trying to pull a little bit from almost like a Hannibal Lecter, like the very intelligent uh, psychopath. Mm hmm. But it doesn't land. And again, I think that's intentional because at the end, I mean, it kind of sums up, you know, like, oh, he wasn't very good at really anything. Right. But also, he goes on long diatribes about. Uh, art and this and that and engineering and yada, 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 yada. <laughs> James, I never need to see this movie ever again. There's one thing
1: that I thought was really cool, though, because it stuck, and maybe it's just because I caught it or maybe it was my imagination. But you know those things where you say you find the one number out of, you got to find the number six and uh, it's field of B, you know, letter Bs or whatever. When all that stuff was doing, my, my brain always looks for patterns and for about, just a millisecond i saw flashed almost middle just like center middle just a little above said normal and i thought that was cool as fuck now i could have misread it but my brain looks for that shit i thought that was cool as hell and i i saw i swear to god i saw something from some of his other movies like when he was having the dream sequence i swear to god he was showing film clips from his movies
0: It's very possible. That's another thing that kind of bothers me is that there's a lot of, uh, I guess, archival footage Mm -hmm. that's filling up your two and a half hour movie.
1: (coughs) I think he loved this movie a little too much.
0: Yeah. Could have done with some editing. All right. So. Kill your darn The one. Yeah. You know what really bugged the shit out of me too? This is just. All right. I'm sorry. The involuntary mastectomy? No. Well, yes. (laughs) But. Okay, and it's the very first thing, the title card, Uh where it has the the house that Jack built Uh in that strange font to make it look like a house with Lars von Trier Uh underneath it as the foundation. Oh, geez, I didn't even notice that because I
1: was just looking for stuff already. "Hmm."
0: Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, you fucking bastard. (laughs) Yeah, you're the foundation of this film. We get it, man. Yeah. We get it, Yeah. Fucking artiste. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get into more things that I both like and dislike. But I th- want to make a statement that I think y- I, you might agree with. Hmm. Th- as much as I hate this movie, this may be the finest Matt Dillon performance I have ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, and he's done some good stuff. But oh this was, my god, he is incredible in and this he movie. He doesn't break. He
1: emotes with a. He emotes with this whole person. You you read whole scenes just from his face. I'm like,
0: fuck. That's good. Because he has the... I couldn't picture anybody else in this role, because he has the facial structure of, like, a decent-looking middle-aged man. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a real snack when he was younger, but Matt Dillon's getting older. You
1: know, for his age,
0: he's got his snack working, you know? Yeah, and just the way that they even combed his hair and gave him... Just the glasses. The Dahmer glasses. Yeah. And, man, his ability to keep a straight face and, like you said, but still emote while not moving, while almost looking like a mannequin. Mm Mm-hmm. It's fucking fantastic, because it's all in his eyes. When he's looking through those photographs the first time, and he's like, I decided that I didn't care for them. There is no expression on his face, but his eyes look concerned and disappointed. Yes.
1: Or when he, like, I I thought some of the best acting from him was when he had the family out, and he had to lead them like deer and shit. Oh, man. He's got to hit the oldest one first, then the youngest, then the mother. All right, so...
0: All right, all right. But even
1: when he wasn't talking during the intense parts of that scene, I was just like, fuck me running. I was scared
0: just looking at him. So I, I usually kind of hate doing this, but should we go through this kind of just sequentially? I guess we could, yeah. I mean. Because if not, we're jumping all around, and it, it seems kind of scattershot, because yeah. to nail down things that we like or don't like, it kind of really depends on each, uh, I guess, segment. Yeah, Well, yeah, I'd say this, this movie would benefit from start to finish. All right, so the first incident. Oh. I have to believe that this is his first killing, right?
1: Yes, they make it out like it is.
0: Right. Because he explains that they'll show us five random incidents from his uh, quote-unquote career.
1: And I can tell you why I think it's his first one, too.
0: Yes, because his demeanor is very different. (laughs) Yes. And when he's...
1: Not only his demeanor, but the way he talks, the way he stilts, and all that other stuff, you're just like,
0: yeah, sorry, I... No, no, It's um. This is the segment with Uma Thurman. Yeah, yeah. And she's a woman broken down on the side of the road. Her jack has broken, and she, again, this is what kind of bothers me about this film. While she's getting a ride from him to a blacksmith or yes. whatever to repair her jack, she starts going on and on about him being a serial killer mm-hmm. and looking like a serial killer. Yep. And when you put it all out on the table like that, I I don't like that.
1: You
0: mm-hmm. on the nose. It, very much so because it's the only thing that she really talks about. Mm-hmm. Except on the trip back when he's emascul- or when she's emasculating him. Right, and I want to say that I don't know. I want your opinion on this. Hmm. Is what is shown to ha- us do you think what actually happened or do you think there is a part where it skips to his delusions?
1: So yeah, here's again where I have trouble with this and this is the same. I had an argument about American psycho with somebody once and they were saying it's about how if you're greedy and rich you can get away with everything.
0: Mike up to your face. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like, trying like, to the do it quiet. Like I don't
1: know. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Anyway, you had the same discussion about American Psycho. Yeah. I'm not it, editing anything. No, no, that's <laughs> I Fuck, don't.
1: Um, anyway, I had to say, they were like how you, if you're rich and greedy, you can get away with anything because he nailed the prostitute, and brought the clothes into the dry cleaner. I was like, well, no. What it's saying is he's completely lost. Rick, he didn't do any of that shit. He did that shit in his head. There was no prostitute nailed in there. He just invented all that because nobody could got away with all that shit. So I'm doing the whole unreliable narrator with this. I'm like, I don't know if any of this happened, none of this happened, or did it happen, because there's no outside, except for the cops that get killed, there's no
0: outside looking into him. Right. Uh, Okay, so she's emasculating him because she says that like, oh, this Jack will do a lot of damage if you hit somebody with it. Yep. And then she starts telling him that you couldn't be a serial killer. You're too much of a wimp. Yep. Too much of a wimp. And that's where I have to believe that that is delusions. Yeah. Because her character shifted so uh, drastically in that. Well, it could either
1: it could be the one of two things. Um, it could be the inciting incident that finally took him over because she was so mercurial that it just flipped him over the edge. That's how I read it.
0: Right, but, I mean, it goes from her just kind of being a a bitch. Yeah. Straight out, flat out just being unpleasant, to just flat out um, aggressive like that. Yeah. It didn't really make sense. Even the limited character of hers that we saw, it wouldn't make sense that she would be demoralizing him
1: but there's a there's a big interplay between power dynamics between male and female throughout this whole whole film
0: oh boy is there and we'll get there
1: right but i'm saying that 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 goes in with the same so it could very well be delusion because he needs all of his victims to be a certain way for him to kill them because it's made clear when he's talking to virgil you only like stupid women yeah or you only kill stupid women uh, he's okay. kind of setting that up. Maybe his brain is making that happen so he can kill them. So basically he uh, plunges
0: that Jack into her fucking face like three or four times. Dude, that looks so fucking real. And that's what I'm saying. That's the disconnect that I have with this film is that everything looks good. And there are parts of this that really shine. Mm-hmm. And then there are parts where it's Uma Thurman talking about him being a serial killer just flat out on its face. And...
1: All the exposition for nothing.
0: Yeah, when you could have gotten to the point, like, we know what's going to happen. Right. Obviously, we don't know when, and that's part of what makes the scene good, because it is kind of filled with tension. Oh, God, yeah. But the way that it's done... Again, all the building blocks are there, but put together in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then he goes on a long diatribe about where he got his money and that he couldn't leave anything unclean and... Right. He he did the
1: OCD thing.
0: Yes. And I hated those interstitials. Yes.
1: My God. If I want to see a Bob Dylan video, I'll watch the goddamn thing.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah. He's they straight up ripped it off. Why? 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 Down to the alleyway he was standing. And I swear to God. Why? Again, it's not that's not an artistic choice. That's making just a very clear reference to something that people of a certain age get, Mm -hmm. but it has no bearing on the story. You didn't need to fucking do that for any goddamn reason. Thank you. I'm
1: I'm glad because I I honestly, am I being just too picky? Am I trying to find ways to not like this movie? But no, I fucking,
0: no, just no. All right. So the second incident. Okay, this This is is fantastic. This is where
1: I was thinking about that, where it had to really be the second incident because I'll I'll tell you why. Okay,
0: Okay. so he's following uh, Siobhan Hogan home from a grocery store. She's a a widower or a widow who is walking her groceries from Carlson's supermarket. Yes. Uh, Matt Dillon shows up with his uh, Dahmer glasses and long coat, uh, yeah. pretending to be a or trying to pretend to be a police officer, with now, his Bundy van. Yes, this scene between the two of them is fucking fantastic. This yes. is one of my favorite parts of this movie. I wouldn't change a single thing God, about no. the way any of the ways that it was performed, shot, edited. I was still 100% on board with this movie at this moment. Yes, because he shows up at her door and clearly has prepared nothing. Right. He, I don't want to say like is caught at the door. I can't tell what he was trying to do. And I don't think he knows either.
1: I, I think he didn't know he, she was a widow. He was trying to figure out if anybody was there. He was kind of feeling it out. What's your situation? And as he figured the, oh shit. He's she's a widower by the pictures. He was kind of piecing it together in his brain.
0: But while his story is falling apart and he's grasping at these different straws, mm-hmm. it's so goddamn good. And again, the writing in it is fucking great. And you watch it get
1: stronger. His story gets stronger as he figures out how he can get that lie to make her do what she wants.
0: Right, it, but, but it... and it never really does. It, it gets stronger and weaker at the same time. Right. He's appealing to what he knows that she wants
1: he's also appealing to a future audience that he doesn't know is there or not he's getting his story stronger as an alibi while he's doing it yes in real time
0: so he eventually lands on no lady i'm an insurance salesman i can get you double your husband's pension Mm -hmm. and she falls for it immediately Because this is uh, after the, are you an officer, the whole thing with the badge, all uh-huh. that shit. And he can't, yeah, can't think of the word for badge mm-hmm. while they're talking about it. And he's, yeah, making up these insane lies. Brought it to the silversmith? Yeah. Uh, the to fucking have, silversmith. Yeah, to have extra citations added. Yeah. To his badge? Yeah. And she's not buying a fucking minute of it. Mm-mm. But as soon as he brings up money, she lets him in. Well, like, oh, I'm glad. I was just testing
1: you. I was just testing you. Good thing you didn't let me in without my badge. Uh
0: (laughs) The only part of this is where he breaks, because he uh, runs up behind her and Uh starts strangling her. Yeah. And then basically crushes her windpipe. Right. She comes back to consciousness and is gagging and breathing. And that's where he kind of breaks character, Mm -hmm. because he seems concerned. Right. How can I make this right? How can I make this right? Right. Uh, 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 uh. And that part doesn't make sense to me. It's showing that he still has some empathy, but the point is that he's a psychopath and he's not supposed to have any ever.
1: Yeah, and he shows no other signs of empathy at any time. Even even upon his point where he was supposed to repent, there was absolutely no remorse anything. So this scene is very jarring for it. Unless it fits in with something I missed from the inferno that that was that that was it was it a false you know a a false mercy you know or it could have been a sin that was
0: well because he punished later he helps her until she tries to get up to leave and then he loses his fucking mind again and chokes her the rest of the way Yes, And, and then I, stabs are in the heart. And that comes back later. I love that. Yeah. Stabs are in the heart, which just a oh. note. I don't care how fucking sharp your knife is. You put that on a person's chest plate. You're not pushing that through with the palm of your hand. Nope. You're going to break your fucking hand doing that. Yeah, yeah. Because human chest plates, not as soft as you would think. <laughs> Open is they're not very, as easy to pierce it. as movies would have, you think. No, they're very hard. Ooh. Like, you have to use a saw in a medical context to yeah. get through there. It's, it's rough. But anyway. But I he, love the spurt. So, But this is where this gets very interesting, though, because he wraps her up in the plastic, and it, it, this is, I think, when they what really get I into think? him having OCD. Yeah. Because he's cleaning this this room meticulously. Drags are outside in the plastic thing, and while sitting in his van, is having visions of blood in different spots in the room where the blood couldn't possibly be. He goes back and checks, goes yeah. back and cleans the spots where there's no blood, or we don't know if there's blood, and he cleaned it. Yeah, where he thinks there might have been blood left. It's, it's a good look into his insanity. Mm-hmm. And he takes so long that there is an officer of the law that comes by. Oh,
1: yeah. It goes from afternoon to night. Cleaning.
0: Yeah. Uh, A cop comes by because apparently there was a break in down the road and he sees Jack just sitting there in a van. And as soon as the cop pulls him out, he leans up uh, like he's being arrested. Oh, he had hid the body prior to this. Yeah. Yeah. He hid it in the woods behind the van. Yeah. Because he had it in the back. Yeah. Oh, tied a string to it.
1: My favorite line in the movie comes up. Go. Yeah, dude, mind if I check your van. Oh, I'd be a bad a bad guy not to let you do that now, wouldn't I?
0: Yeah. So the he then uh makes up this insane story also about how he was waiting for her outside because he met up with her and again he's fumbling his story.
1: Yeah, with uh with some kind of weird magazine that he collects and her husband was also a railroad guy and
0: Yeah. Yeah, all kinds of wow. And the the cop is very much, I don't want to say on to him, but he knows there's something very, very odd. But
1: you can also see, is this guy a fucking crank? Just get out of my face. I got a job to do. He could have left right then. I swear to God, because, oh, you're you're a fucking nut job. Get out of here. Yeah. You know, because the cop had almost brushed him off and he could have
0: walked off just then. But instead, he uh, <laughs> t- ties the body to the back of his van and mm-hmm. tears ass out of there, dragging it the entire way. It's like, did he forget the body was tied to the van? No, I think that was he was just getting out of there immediately.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't thinking it's was just going. He drove all the way to fuck home.
0: Yeah. Dragging a body. So we learn that he also has a walk-in freezer, mm-hmm. which, again, this is one of those parts that just kind of bothers me because there's no explanation, no right. background. Oh, I just bought this walk-in freezer from a guy.
1: Yeah, because he had a bunch of pizzas he was going to sell for money. Yeah, it was a get-rich-quick
0: scheme. That there's a lot of out. this film that gives us no context to anything, which I understand was the point because it was supposed to be five random incidents. Right. But it, if you're going to do all the interstitial shit, we need some sort of context for. Anything. Right. The
1: only thing I could think of is it, it was supposed to, he bought this thing and, and it's supposed to be plausible because there's no street sign. Nobody kind of knows where it is because it's not on anybody's radar.
0: That's what I read into it. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense because he should, again, he's played as this smart man and he, Bought a walk-in freezer because he wanted to sell these frozen pizzas the guy sold him.
1: And again, this is what I want to talk about, about unreliable narrator. We see this. He drags it untold miles across a highway. Yeah. Across a lot of things. We see other
0: cars. Dragging a trail of blood. Yeah. And nobody sees this. Visually, it's incredible.
1: Right. But the the amount of distance it suggests that he dragged that body. Nobody, nobody, no, nobody, saw. nothing, nothing. So
0: to me, it's in my head. It's like the same American psycho thing. Did he do it? But they try and do that thing where they slap a bandaid on it. They do it a few times where verge says, so were the cops in your story just completely stupid? Yeah. Oh no. And then he goes off into something about archways or something. Like, yeah. It's, it is a, Again, a lot of it plays into his supposed insanity, but we're given no context for it, so it's just blips and blurps of, oh, well, he's crazy because of this, and he's yeah, crazy because of this. But
1: there's really no inciting incident. Nope. It's, things are hinted at, things are suggested, but nothing's ever said. And, and it's not even, I didn't even care enough to try to piece it together after a while. I'm like, why the fuck? Who cares?
0: Yeah. So the third incident this is the one. The, the family. Oh, God, yeah. Oh. Where he somehow has gotten himself a family? What's he saying with them red hats? All right. So here's the question that I have. Because, again, we're given no context right. whatsoever. And he's markedly older than he was... Or not markedly, but no, he looks older. He looks very
1: different. I don't think he looked older. I think he just grew that mustache. It, okay, I, th- I think it was the same around-ish timeline because he looks about the same in all of them.
0: But okay, but my question was: was this a single mother that he met, or was this his family? It's
1: never said, but I, it seems to me that he didn't know them real well prior. That's what I was okay, thinking. Almost as like well. a step, like they oh well, he likes Mom's the boyfriend. kids. Yeah. And, Maybe they went on a couple of dates and he's taking them out and maybe she's trying to feel him out. Maybe he's dad material. Maybe he's not. Let's see on this hunting trip or this outdoor trip. Right. But they, like, they clearly had a
0: relationship. Like.
1: Yeah. That seems to have. And,
0: and I don't mean like a just met, like, I mean a relationship. Yeah. He's talking to these kids like, like a psychopath, but like and, he's known them for long enough.
1: And thing, it seems to me, if this is a credible, if we are to rely on this narrative. <laughs> This would have had to have been earlier because he becomes less focused as he becomes more killing, or he, you know, he just wilds up. He loses a lot of his OCDs, so this had to yeah, be. Yeah, it was right. Prior.
0: Yeah, because it's right before the third incident where he strangles the lady and then hits the old woman on the side of the road. Yeah, and he's taking pictures of them. Yeah, and he's talking about how oh well, after all this murder, my OCDs diminished. Like right. I don't know if that's how OCD works, and it's a very easy, like, oh, well, we don't need this uh, tick anymore, so we'll just write it out.
1: Yeah, but some OCDs are like, hey, um, I, if I don't do this, I, bad things will happen, or I got to run this out. I got to run the car off the side of the road if I don't count to 17 right now. Ooh. He didn't count to 17. He clipped the old lady. He's like, fuck it. I don't need to. I'm going to clip her anyway, and maybe that's why his OCD
0: diminished. But, again, it seems like it's just a very easy ride around that Oh, just, it's
1: like a coconut-in-the-head amnesia kind of deal.
0: Yeah, like, oh, well, now that this has happened, my OCD's gone, so gotcha. now we don't have to worry about writing that into any more scenes. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, it does seem kind of, like, lazy now that you mention it.
0: Yeah, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but... So he's out mm-hmm. with the family. Yeah. And it cuts to... Him explaining how you would ethically hunt. Yes. If there was a mother and two fawns, you kill the larger of the two fawns first. Right. Because the older two can survive without the youngest. Right. But the two youngest can't survive without the oldest. Right. In ethical hunting practices. Yes. Which is where we immediately are shown the mother with her two kids hiding behind a dirt hill because yep. he's hunting them from the tower. Yep. Fuck. Wow.
1: And th- I remember when he got... Wh- I, here's what I thought was going to happen. When he got the kid up to the tower, because he gave this whole beautiful speech about hunting and ethical hunting and how he doesn't hunt, and you're just all kinds of, like, weirded the fuck out, and he's taking this kid up to the blind, right? This giant blind. It's
0: a toy. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: it's like freaking me out. Good God, man. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about being up in the blind with fucking Matt Dillon and just freaking the hell out. <laughs> so when he sights when he the target, right? And he says, okay, you go ahead and pull the target. I thought he was going to tilt it and shoot one of the other kids. Uh-huh. It didn't happen. He shot the target. But he said, okay, that's going to be a bleed shot. And talked about those voice sounds.
0: And I was like, whoa. But it cuts directly to them hiding. It gives us no context of how he set up that situation. Right. It's, again, there's a lot of this that's just strangely convenient that it feels like, ah, we can't figure it out. Just cut to it. hmm So he's taking pot shots at the family and uh yeah he gets them in the correct order oh yeah and the mom runs uh-huh gotta follow that blood trail yeah so yeah the little one runs he pops him mm-hmm. the other one sticks his head up pops him yep then tubi takes a commercial break <laughs> oh thank god <laughs> yeah I, I we we watched this on tubi i
1: could not thank those commercial breaks oh my enough. Oh god, I had to stop for a cigarette in ten minutes at every goddamn commercial break on this thing. Cause <sighs> say what you will, it was intense. Intense as fuck.
0: Because he uh he is sitting with the two dead kids oh and the god. mother who is just obviously broken. Yes. She is done. Sitting Eating effectively eating a picnic with oh. her two dead children and he's Matt got Dillon. Him, he's got them sitting up and posed up. And yelling at her to give the little one a bite of pie. Mm-hmm. Dude, this he's, is what I'm saying. It feels like somebody <sighs> just wanted to put the worst shit they could think of to film. Mm-hmm. Asks her what her favorite number is. Gives her, she says 12. Gives her 12 seconds to run. And it takes her
1: half that time to figure the, the fuck out.
0: Because yep. he's counting as he's walking up to the blind. And uh, long story short, puts them in the uh, decorative, uh, what the fuck does he call it? Oh, like a taxidermist the, pose? Or, no, or where, natural he, pose. where he stages all the kills from the hunt. Because he talks about how in European oh, hunting yes, circles, yes. They,
1: they, uh, they, they put all of the different kinds together and geometrical poses,
0: yeah. Mm. Oh. Yep. And what is so fucking great is that it starts as a front-on shot of Matt Dillon mm-hmm. just looking down, looking very concerned, and the camera swoops up in one motion to an overhead shot to show us that. Yes. It looks fantastic. It's amazing. I wonder how they did that shot. Yeah, with the crane shot. Probably. It's not that difficult to do when you have the money to do it. I suppose. So I think this is where it gets into the Nazi bullshit. Oh, God. Because again, this is what you were talking about. I think this is a direct response to him getting banned from Con for cans or whatever for making jokes about him being a Nazi.
1: Right, and then he does this thing about um, symbol, symbology, and iconography, and and uh, how they built the buildings to look like ruins and all that shit. And I'm like, oh, I don't need it. no, just no,
0: yeah. Because he starts out with a whole lot of Nazi stuff and then goes into, oh, well, all the great uh, icons and, you know, into Stalin and Mao and uh, Idi Amin. All of them, yeah. But he starts with the Nazi bullshit. Mm -hmm. It has to be a response to, I'm not really a Nazi, but I want to fucking be a shit stirrer dude, leave it out of your fucking film because it takes forever. God, yeah. Is this also the part where they show him uh, starting construction on his house and doing like five, six other things It takes about 25 minutes? Yeah. And then they do a 30 second uh, or so like rewind slash fast forward recut of all the stuff that we had just watched? Yes.
1: I'm like, come on, just... Re-
0: Why? It's frustrating to say the least it's absolutely maddening the fourth incident okay oh this is where i kind of check out on this film mm-hmm. this is the one with riley kehoe where he walks in on crutches because mm-hmm. apparently he's playing this character and he's just this gross shitty boyfriend Yes. He's demeaning. He's a complete asshole. At
1: first, I, at first I thought it was a S&M kind of thing because of the way he was talking to her, you know, that kind of thing. And I thought that that was their shtick. And it wasn't. He was just being a douchebag yeah. on
0: fucking purpose. It's basically him yelling at and demeaning a woman. Yes. And it's such a break from his previous character that this is where it loses me. Because this is not how he has acted whatsoever. And I understand that it's supposed to be his deep, deepening madness. Right, but
1: it didn't... I,
0: uh, it doesn't play into the rest of the character. Again, it's that indication that he wants to put one of the fucking worst things that you could see on film.
1: Right, and and, and I think it uh, it seems to me like it was a direct nod to Bundy and Ed Gein. Because the, the nipple wallet. The cutting off of the breast. Thank God they didn't subject us to any of that shit. So they get into this big
0: fight because he's being a dickweed and Oh god, yeah. And then they pull in that whole uh with the cop. Yeah. Where he's out screaming, Yeah, I'm a serial killer. I've killed sixty sixty people. And this is right where I'm like, Oh yeah, white boys can do anything. And I mean, he's clearly drunk. Like they're it's a fucking toy going off, no, man. I'm sorry.
1: I'm, I'm trying to think if it's in the couch because it's going off when I move.
0: But uh, he's out yelling and screaming and it's clear that he's drunk and whatever. Yeah. And the cop tells him, like, I can't force you guys to quit drinking, but I can suggest it. Yep. And then he goes back inside and he doesn't have the cane. And it was this big ruse. Yep. To kill this woman. And he even says, you know, I did that because people,
1: you know, are more sympathetic to people with canes and disabled, or disabilities and whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and, and the whole narration when he's talking with Verge, I'm like, you know, there, there's a hundred other ways to do expositions, and if you're not going to pull it back in for me, fuck you.
0: No, and the big long diatribe about why is it always the man's fault? Why oh, yeah. Why is it always the man's fault?
1: Man was born of original sin, so yeah, he's trying to pull, yeah, no.
0: And I get that it might be him, I don't want to say making fun of that culture because Jack is this psychopath, but leave it the fuck out. You're not making a statement about it. You're not being political about it. You're having a psychopath say it, which doesn't lend anything to your film. I don't think personally, because it's just one more thing that is just kind of a blurb. Yeah. None of this is like making a statement for me. Right. Whatsoever.
1: And again, it's a direct nod to a bunch of movies. I mean, every set scene, I can tell you three serial killers he's directly referencing. To what end? To what end?
0: So long story short, to what end? He makes her pick out the knife that he cuts one of her tits off with. Yeah. Cool. Great. And Everybody gets
1: a choice. Everybody gets a ha.
0: Yeah, and he puts it underneath the uh, windshield wiper of a cop. Of the cop car yeah, that's he sitting puts out front. one
1: of her breasts underneath, you just stick, you know, it sticks it to the window, which was pretty fucking
0: disturbing. It is. And again, it. I can't stress enough how much this film just seems like he wanted to, hey, what's something really vile and awful that well, we could do?
1: Exactly, but it's, and again, direct either directly referencing other movies or other serial killers. And it doesn't even seem like an homage. It seemed like, hey,
0: you know, you did it, but watch this.
1: Uh-huh. It's like you. Oh, yeah! It's cute that I, you tried it. Let me show you how it's
0: done. Yeah, I'm not afraid to put the real thing on screen. Right. Which, okay, man, but you're not saying or doing anything with it. Right. In my opinion, I don't. I don't see artistic value in what he's doing. Well, it's like this.
1: Some some movies have a message without the art behind it. This had the art without the message behind it, and I think that's where it loses a lot for me because they set it up that it's going to have these themes that they're going to have the stuff and it it just
0: really doesn't no because this is where verge gets into uh so you really hate women huh he's like well i've killed men too he's like well all you've shown us is you killing what you consider to be stupid, stupid women.
1: women or and stupid or yeah and and the other thing too and and again this is where It throws me, is it his delusion? Are we supposed to think that he had read Virgil and this is all internal? Are we supposed to infer that this is actually happening in the time it's happening and he's going back through and he's actually going through the gates of hell? It doesn't really matter because...
0: Because they bring up the story of the lion and the lamb, too. Uh That the lion represents savagery and the lamb represents innocence. And the lamb ultimately should be thankful to be murdered because it's part of the natural art. And and art is divine. And Here's
1: where it doesn't make sense. I thought they were going to make a correlation somewhere between the lion... The lamb and the weasel, because they made a big deal of the weasel in the headhouse with the, the bloodlust. Yeah, lust. the
0: ermine. Yeah. The
1: ermine. So I thought that they were going to set the ermine between them to show the dichotomy between this and that. And here's in between when they see instead of killing for art, it kills for bloodlust. I thought they were going to show that to us. Fucking maybe it was too obvious, you know, <laughs> but it would have actually made this a little better for me because they showed that. And then they showed that right after, and there was no correlation, and it fucking pissed me off.
0: So let's just get into the fifth incident. Let's keep this moving right yeah, along, because yeah, yeah. we got to get to the end as well, because that takes about 45 fucking minutes for no good reason. Good God y'all. So his last setup is he has a man in his van, and he opens the door and says, Do you want to fucking die today? Yep. I thought it was supposed to be some dude breaking into his van that he had just caught. Yeah, no, it seems like he'd seek this person out. So, he uh, he has a group of men just tied to uh like a pole. Yeah, that he all welded.
1: We their... how long did we see him weld that shit? Good God!
0: It doesn't matter. I'm just saying <laughs> too we'll much. Fucking cut your darlings, homie. So he's got all these men lined up, and he's going to shoot them all through the head at once. Human centipede. Well, not really. No,
1: but they're all tied together in one thing, and they're left for long periods of time.
0: Yes, long periods of time. And the man in his van flat out tells him, like, "Hey, man, that's not a full metal jacket bullet. <laughs> oh God, I'm a military man. That's not a full metal jacket. That's you're, a never, you're never, you're never going to be able to shoot all of us in the head with that one." I was like, "Would you shut the fuck up?" <laughs> so he goes to the uh, back to his ammo dealer and is losing his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to kill his ammo dealer. I did too. So he shows up at his friend's house? Okay. His I, gun nut friend in his dirty-ass
1: red bathrobe. Oh, God, that was weird. Well, here's the deal, though. And, and this is what I like how they followed, like, a gun range procedure, though, because the guy was probably trying to oh, fuck, dude. This guy, I've, I've been selling ammo for this long, but I can't sell him a real full metal jacket without asking for ID. So he gave him a hunt round, told him it was full metal jacket, figuring how the fuck is he going to know he's going to shoot a couple rounds on his target. And I think that added a little bit more of a, like, verisimilitude to me. That actually brought me back in, because they were following protocol.
0: So his friend in the dirty-ass red bathroom, was a SP? Yeah. Uh, pulls a gun on him, says, the cops are coming, they know what you've done, Jack. They know what you've done. Uh-huh. And it turns out that it was some robbery. Yeah,
1: that he thought he'd done. And, and this is what... I, for a minute, I thought he was complicit. Like, he knew that he was killing people. He knew that, and that was okay until the cops started coming around. That's what, that was my, where exactly where my brain went. And I thought that would have been a fucking cool, cool move, too. Like, so, he was part of it.
0: So he talks SP into putting his gun down. They, uh, they have a drink together. Oh. Because it's one of his old, they're old friends.
1: Yeah, well, and, and I think this is kind of interesting, too. He didn't call the police department because no. he was all good until he said, yeah, I called What's-His-Butt over on the forest to come in, to come and get
0: you. Yeah, I just called Dale on the phone.
1: Yeah, Dale's
0: just coming out. I, I didn't check with anybody. I got, I got Jack here. Yeah. So uh, Jack stabs him through the uh, chin, right Ooh. into the brain. Yeah. Again, it looks great. Yeah. I can't memories. be mad at this movie for its visuals because it's so fucking disturbing. Yes.
1: It's both banal and <coughs> horrific at the same time. <coughs> and I, and i think they clipped that just like um just like in um fuck i i referenced it not long time not too long ago man bites dog cuz some of that shit was just horrific but it was simply shot and just did it to, yeah henry
0: it reminded me a lot of henry Oh, that too yeah 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 all of them but here's my favorite part about sp is the cop shows up and he goes ah sp you got him cuz jack's wearing his uh dirty ass red bathrobe which oh, yeah. insinuates everybody just knows sp Because he's constantly in that ratty-ass red bathrobe. Yep. Oh, that was good. All right, so Jack steals an actual full metal jacket round from his gun nut friend. Yep. Steals the cop car. Mm Mm-hmm. While it's siren's still going. Yeah, siren's still going. Pulls it up to his uh, walk-in freezer. Yeah. Siren's still blaring outside. And right in the alleyway, come get me. Because he is so overcome with killing these, needing to kill these people.
1: Yeah, he's finally got his fucking thing.
0: And and then he realizes that he needs to get the door that he could never open. Open, and he
1: finally figures out how to make a cheater with a pipe.
0: Yeah, a breaker bar. Yeah. He's an engineer, James. Yeah. I'm a knucklehead. Yeah. I knew that. I know about breaker bars. Yeah. Cheetah bars right there. But it, it also doesn't make sense because earlier in the, in, in the film, he mentions that that is a door that he never figures out how to open.
1: Right. <clears throat> Intimating it's over and he's talking in retrospect. When he's not, he's talking in real time or is he talking in retrospect?
0: We don't know. So he gets Jimmy's this door open mm-hmm. to set his gun up in this extra room.
1: And I, well, I like how it begins though, because you can never see into it. And you talk about the darkness and being in the complete darkness under the, the streetlights and it kind of fits with some themes. So he actually brings back themes that I can recognize, which is interesting. Like, he just doesn't do it enough or doesn't do, I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's a jumbled fucking mess of a film. Yeah. He, do you notice though? He never takes that shot. He never kills those dudes. I thought he did. I don't think so, because he backs that gun up into that room and meets Virgil.
1: Yeah, but I thought he did clip it.
0: Oh, uh, Maybe. It doesn't matter. There is a shot in here that I really, really, really like. It's where the camera is spinning around his uh, freezer. Oh. oh, God. And the body's stacked everywhere. Yeah, everywhere.
1: And and you, it's going fast, like the letters. It's going fast. And and you're trying to glimpse. and
0: Yeah, it's very, very, very disturbing. It's insane. And oh. it, it's one of those things that, like... Again, I can't be mad at this film because visually, like, God damn, that looks good. It does. It's you're such dizzy a with it's such a haunting image. I probably won't forget that. Because it slows down a little bit yeah. sometimes because it looks like it's just on a string.
1: Yeah, and it's spinning back. Spinning. Slowing
0: yep. down. Yep. It's so fucking gross.
1: It's even better than when they actually flat out show you.
0: Yes. So here's where <laughs> I guess the title of the film, and we're going to talk about this for just a second. Virgil brings up that he's never built this house. Mm -hmm. That through all this talking about how smart he is and how superior he is to a lot of everything around him that he feels. He never built that house. Right. That he bought this plot of land for. Meaning that he is just kind of a failure. And he kind of realizes that, that he was never good at anything.
1: And, the own, and we never know how far he's gotten in his career because, remember, he is independently wealthy from a weird inheritance. So, yeah, yeah, that was lucky. Yeah, but he, we don't know if he... Because, look, that house, we don't know if that was his parents' house. We, he could have lived there his entire life, never left, that, never left his building. No. And, you know, when the parents died, that's maybe where he got the inheritance. But he has never shown that he's succeeded at anything. We never see anything that he's really built. No. We never see any real plans for anything else. No awards for anything. Nope. So was he an engineer or an architect at all,
0: ever? Don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, so... And I don't
0: care. I don't care. So Virgil talks him into, you should build that house now, Jack. Right. You should do it now. So in a... uh, in a shot that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Yeah. Jack builds a, essentially a house out of frozen corpses.
1: Now here's where, here's where I have a difficult time. Every shot that you see of him in that freezer, when anybody else is in there, you can see their breath. You can't see his breath. Anytime he's in that freezer, he's in there for extended hours. When everything else is freezing around him, He's sweating. He's never cold. He's never anything while he's in that freezer where everything is happening around him.
0: I think there's a couple times where I saw breath because there's that part where he's eating a pear. And I think you see breath, but it's never like pronounced for as much as he's in there. You're right. And he never shows any any effects from the cold. No, where everything else
1: around him is showing effects. He's never shown effects of the cold. And the the other odd thing about this movie is, except for very specific songs, I don't remember background music. I don't remember stings. I don't remember donk-dons or anything. It was just a couple Bowie tunes and a couple records. Fame. Just fame. fame. Yeah.
0: I think there was one or two other songs, but it doesn't matter. No. And like I said, visually, a house made out of fucking corpses. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Picture it. It's way grosser than you thought. It is horrible. And uh,
1: th- when they had the boy with the rictus smile and the eyes propped open, Ugh. I almost blacked that out until you mentioned the house. Because it was so, I mean, even before I was a dad, that would have freaked me the fuck out. But it hit me in the special dad spot. I'm like, oh, fuck, when, when they were doing the whole family outing, that hit me in the special dad spot. And I'm like, no, 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 no,
0: no, no. no. And that's, again, where I'm thinking that, yeah, when they t- are telling him, like, you're not as smart as you think you are. You're not good at anything. How's right. that house going, bud? How's that house going? And
1: that's why I think, again, that there was an internal. He wasn't talking to Virgil as we were supposed to intimate, even in the final scenes, because at no time did that happen. You know, he it, it, it wasn't uh, he wasn't telling anybody anything, really. It was he was hearing that voice in his head. He just grabbed it to Virgil because he wants to be smarter in his own head. And he's castigating himself throughout this whole thing, which, again, begs the question,
0: did any of it happen? Yeah, any of it. Right. Because in the floor, in the center of this little house that he's built is the hole Yeah, that he escapes from because police have shown up because he left a cop car right. sirens blaring outside. The police show up and they're uh, torching the door.
1: And this is where I'm incident and owl creaking it. If this did indeed happen and there are corpses in there and they cut through, this is the moment of death and he goes through this last, 12 billion years of movie while he's dying. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that would make sense if we are to posit that it actually happened. Otherwise, he died in a walk in freezer by
0: himself. You know? Yeah. Either surrounded by bodies or not. Or yeah. just insane. But instead, we are treated to a real slapped on inferno. Mm-hmm. Where. With bad. It looks like we're watching.
1: We're watching. Uh, I cave don't know. Diving.
0: All they did was fucking film them, like, it looked like a vacation film.
1: All right, well, yeah, up until they get to the point where they have, they're climbing the
0: cliffs. Yeah, where it's a CGI nightmare.
1: Yeah, and when it's not a CGI nightmare, it is a, it looked like Repo the Genetic Opera. No, when that's, on the, that's what I mean. Oh, it's yeah. a
0: CGI nightmare, not like nightmare spooky, like, oh, this looks like shit, why'd you do this? Yeah,
1: where they were were on the spotlight on the black cliffs before they got to the lava, I'm like, fuck
0: you. James, if I had to guess, I'd say that... um, And and I mean in real time, like in film time, not just in what he was experiencing. Him crawling across that uh, bluff or whatever, that took about five and a half days, right? Yeah. Six. He was perched on... or Not perched on, but fucking making his way across that ledge for, no joke... I looked away and did something else. I was waiting for him to toss the ring, goddammit. And, and finally, <laughs> when he fell in, I was just like, that, w- why did that take so long? No, I don't know. You could
1: have paced back and forth on, on that stairwell for five more minutes. I don't know. James, goddamn.
0: This movie could have been 45 minutes and been really good.
1: Oh, if they would have kept it tight, like that 70-minute movie we watched.
0: Uh huh. Oh, that would have been. This balls would have been out. one of the most disturbing. Like, yeah. This film is so infuriating. Two and a half hours long. But I will give this movie credit for one thing. I
1: my off the charts ADHD ass watched this entire fucking film. I did it because i couldn 't not watch it i couldn 't watch it, but i couldn 't not watch it. It was like a goddamn train wreck, where like you know there 's bad shit, but you have to look because you need to see whatever happened because you watched what happened before you need to you need to finish it so it doesn 't play a loop in your head forever
0: and you know me i 'm not one for censorship or saying that you can 't do things in movies or that you shouldn 't do things in movies but I don't see the need for this. This is a film that I've watched all the way through now because I have fallen asleep to this many, many a time. Yeah. Because when you have the foot on the pedal like that and doing just insane shit, I kind of start to tune out because it's almost that American Psycho thing that when you're watching it, you're like, all right, that's enough.
1: But didn't it kind of reference itself (coughs) on that though? Because I do remember listening to when he was talking, when he and Virgil were arguing about what constitutes art. And what constitutes, you know, grotesque? And I think it to me he was directly talking about what was shown on screen. So that was something that I could get behind when they were talking. Okay, this directly relates to that part, but it didn't fucking need to
0: be. No, didn't. Who
1: cares? At this point, who fucking cares?
0: And I. I know he wrote it and everything else, but I think if you handed this off to somebody else, they could have maybe said no to a few ideas. Yes. Cut it down a little bit and maybe had a message. A message would be nice. Or, or a
1: direct allegory to the story that they're fucking referencing. Uh-huh. Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. You know? Or like when it's that fucking crystal clear. When I remember that The the Last Circle of Hell is a frozen wasteland where you cry tears to the damned and they're stuck. He's in a fucking freezer. You've already nailed a bunch of stuff. You're a serial killer. At least end it like that so I can go, okay, it tied in with the book or something. No,
0: fuck you. Right, and this is the kind of movie that if if you were to ask somebody and they were just like, one of my, oh, yeah, the the house that Jack built. That's one of my favorite movies. I'd be like, oh, well, you're a fucked up individual and we don't need to be friends. <laughs>
1: or you can explain it to me and maybe you have the, the piece that I'm missing. Because remember, we've talked about in some really good movies that there would probably even be better if we knew the culture behind it. or If we knew the, the way it was writing behind it. I don't, this movie didn't do that for me. It just was obtuse to be obtuse. I swear to God.
0: it. And what I'm saying though is that, like if you really enjoy watching this, you're kind of fucked up, man. Yeah. Like I kind of don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's parts of it that yeah, I appreciate it as a film. Like the gore and some of the, oh, yeah. like some of the writing and how sadistic it fucked up it is. Like man, that's real interesting. Yeah. I don't really need to see this ever again. And and I will have to say <sighs> though that
1: as much as i made fun of him earlier for doing you know i can do it better there were a couple shots where i'd seen maybe seen in other movies and i'm like oh that is better yeah so it's just like that whole auteur theory you know it's like he doesn't hear no well maybe you fucking should maybe once in a while listen to a no occasionally not all notes are bad lars
0: yeah not all notes are bad and uh, not every movie just needs to be a fucking bummer, dude. Yeah, just, yeah. oh God. Yeah. Like American Psycho, at least they added some sort of like cartoonish humor to it. And again, that's not, you know, if somebody is like, oh, one of my favorite movies is American Psycho. I'd be like, oh, you're kind of fucked up. Yeah. What, and I don't want to talk to you really. Do, do you need a hug? Like, I appreciate it for what it is. It's a fine movie, but it's yeah. nothing to be like, oh yeah, I love it.
1: And again, it, <laughs> a time capsule. Uh-huh. a very specific time capsule when it was filmed and about when it was filmed and about when it was written. You know, it, it hits
0: both of those really well. Yeah. It's just, this has a lot of, the messages that it tries to get across, uh, are very mixed and they also don't land for me right. personally. And or just,
1: they are so large that any, you could
0: attribute them to any movie and just sort of Sort of knowing who Lars von Trier is as... I don't want to say as a person. I don't know the dude. He might be a perfectly fine man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But somebody who is kind of intentionally a shitster. And you can tell he's one of the guys that I think we've went over that like, oh, well, I'm going to make this kind of movie that I want to make. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, man. Cool. Okay. Of, I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> out of all the
1: disturbing things in this movie, I just... The one that disturbed me most, I want to see if you clicked that on that one, too. Which, which was, like, the top two disturbing moments in this movie?
0: Um, give me a minute. Give me yours. Duckfoot. The, like, when he went to the... Yep. Fuck you. I, that is where I almost turned this movie off and went, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I am, I'm really, really into magic. Like, uh, stage magic and stuff. Uh-huh. And I know how and what they did and it was still disturbing as fuck because of the way they presented it Mm because most players if you take the head or the thing they can you can do it and it makes it look like you cut the head off or whatever this looked fucking horrifically real yeah disturbed me to death
0: the child jack is sitting on a dock watching men scythe the meadows Mm -hmm. and Picks up a duckling out of the yeah, lake. Nets it out of it.
1: Yeah, I think it was a lake or stream, yeah. An in, in
0: inlet of some sort. Yeah. And uh, scoops it up out of a net and just takes a pair of uh, gardening shears and just cuts its foot off and, and tosses and what, it back in the water.
1: What threw me the most is like, initially, I'm like, oh, he's petting a duck. I, okay, he's a serial killer. He's going to kill the duck. I thought he was going to, you know, like you do to slaughter an animal. Yeah. He picks the shears he's going to go for the head. No, it's the foot. It's the foot because it, it, it defied my expectations. You you know, point A to point B. Yeah, he
0: didn't just turn its neck and then throw it in the reeds or whatever.
1: No, it went, he killed it and watched, or he, he cut off its foot and watched it swim in circles.
0: Uh-huh. Just knowing that it was in pain was enough for him.
1: And it was going to bleed out and he could watch it. Yeah. And the, the look in the kid's eyes, whoever they got for that kid.
0: Oh, that fucking dead-eyed monster of a child. Cheese oh, and rice. I,
1: I hope that kid's okay because he did not look okay.
0: So, James, Uh, let's bring this in for a landing. Long story short, would you recommend The House That Jack Built? Only to fuck with people. Yeah, I was thinking about that. If somebody was like, hey, man, what's a real fucked up movie that I could watch? Well, you could watch The House That Jack Built. Um, The only other person, there there are a couple people I know that I would want to watch
1: this movie because they are like professors in this shit. And maybe, I'm just hoping... I, in fact, I think I'll do that. I know somebody who teaches history. I'm going to ask him if he could look into this and see if there's any anything that I missed from this movie. Or is it a steaming hunk of shit?
0: Yeah, because uh, I, I don't know if it's we're too stupid to understand it completely, or if it's just kind of a scattershot mess of fucked up shit that Lars von Trier wanted to put on film to go, huh I did it, what are you going to do about it? Well,
1: I've noticed that there's, there's, there's some certain pieces that are like this, which is scattershot bullshit, but because people like other stuff, they make it make sense, they, they force it to make sense, you know, like those internet theories and that kind of stuff, to make it a good movie for them, but I, I didn't even want to bother because there's nothing to pull me here. Except it, it's disturbing as fuck.
0: Yeah, I mean, we do a fucking horror movie podcast. I'm not adverse to seeing deaths or whatever right. on film. Right. But just the level of being sadistic. Like, all right, man. I, It's up there with just the, I don't need to see this again. No, ever. God, no.
1: It's like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I never see, need to see that again. No. Nah. It was an experience much like this movie's an experience. And now I can reference it for other movies. And that's good because if I see something that he has done, I can go, oh shit, that's a Von Treer shot.
0: And very, I was very much nervous because I had never watched this all the way through until doing this, which was part of why we did it because I wanted to make myself watch the rest of it. Glad there was no rape. There was I kind of got very nervous toward the end. Yeah, when,
1: <laughs> like, when, st- was stupid, stupid. Sample? Oh yeah,
0: simple, simple.
1: I thought it was going to go, like,
0: in directions I did not want it to go. No, and there was elements, <laughs> I guess, of a sexual assault, but right. I, at least uh, <laughs> good on you, Lars von Trier, for not showing me a graphic <clears throat> rape. Right.
1: And I also like the fa- I like the fact that they did not show the cutting scene because there was really no need for that. Nope. No need at all. No. Nope. It was horrible enough with with the pen be, because I know that's how they do plastic surgery marks yep and it was as soon as he brought the pens to start drawing i'm like fuck a bunch of all this oh no oh no 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 No. i know where this is going no bad bad bad
0: Uh, james yeah i'm sorry let's be done let's oh (laughs) wow you called it yeah what have have we got to plug Uh, where can people find (coughs) us Fuck you, I don't remember the
1: goddamn.
0: Horror vomit podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, what he said. Uh we got Facebook groups, Instagram page. Go check us out. Follow uh-huh. us. Uh give us some fucking stars on your uh, Apple podcast, is it now? It's not yeah. iTunes anymore. Oh yeah. I don't think it has been for quite some time.
1: <laughs> no, I just I, it's it's on it's on, it's on the Apple thing.
0: We keep up with what you kids are doing nowadays. <laughs> We're also on the Spotify. Yeah, we're yeah. we're all the places. Give us give us ratings. Honestly, it does help get eyes on the podcast yes. and uh, it lets us serve more of the community with our hefty <laughs> takes on mm-hmm. food and horror films. Absolutely. and thrash metal sometimes and, and fart jokes and fart jokes. A mm-hmm. lot of dick and cum. Oh God, yeah. A lot of dicks and cum. and a lot of lust over the Carl Urban. Oh man, Mm-mm-mm-mm. that is a. We were we were talking about a snack, Matt Dillon. Ooh, I'm sorry, Matt Dillon. You don't hold a fucking candle to Carl Urban. (laughs) He's the whole motherfucking meal at any point in his career. Mm -mm. Mm. Nope. God damn. Good night. Good night.